0: You are listening to the Star Coach Podcast with Meg Renschler, Episode 9. Welcome to Star Coaches, the show for professional coaches that brings you coaching strategies, tools, and resources. Whatever your focus or niche, Take a front seat weekly as industry leaders, decision makers, and innovators share their wisdom and expertise on the ins and outs of successful coaching. Now join your host, Meg Rentschler, as she connects you with your star coaching potential. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Star Coach Show. I'm your host, Meg Rentschler. It is great to have you with us. I hope that you've had a wonderful week. We had an awesome Thanksgiving here in Flower Mound, Texas. Both of my boys came home for the holiday from their colleges. One brought his girlfriend, so we were able to spend time with them and with some dear friends that we consider to be our Texas family. You know, back in, what, 1989, when my husband was transferred to Texas, I was bound to determine not to come to Texas. I didn't want to move away from my family. I didn't know much about Texas and just felt like we would be just fine staying in Michigan. Well obviously things um, don't always work that way and in order to keep my husband employed we needed to transfer down here and it's actually been a wonderful thing. Obviously we've been here many, many years now. and we have established a network of friends and people that are just so important to us just like our texas family so realizing that and realizing that our time here has been that much richer and more fulfilling because of the networks of people that we have established and and the choices that we've made about the people that we spend time with. That importance of connecting with others and being genuine and placing importance on relationships is a very important part of our interview in today's show. Minna Brown is joining us today. She's another one of those guests that does a hundred different things. She is a experienced and um, wonderful executive coach. She's a career consultant, an author, a trainer, a public speaker. She does so many different things, including having her own coach training program, Coach Academy International, uh, and her own coaching company, Positive Coach. Minna is joining us today to talk about career coaching. And I asked Minna to join us because I know that many times there's a decision process that happens about who do I want to be as a coach and what kinds of services do I want to offer. And I know that we've touched on this in other shows. Minna is able to bring her expertise in career coaching and share with all of you, both as someone who does it and someone who trains others to do it, um, all about the intricacies and the benefits for coach and client in the career coaching industry. Minna will share a little bit about her background coming from a place of a C-suite executive into her own coaching company and how she's made the decision to work with people in transition as part of her business. She also shares some phenomenal resources in the midst of this interview. Now, Minna shared so much good information with me that we actually ended up getting carried away and going over my normal time for the interview, and therefore, I've decided to break her interview into two separate shows so that I respect your time in giving you that 20 to 30-minute interview that I try to strive for, as well as... Uh, making sure you don't miss any of it, which is why I I didn't want to throw any of it away. She uh, shared incredible information. So we're going to break it into two different interviews. It will definitely leave you in a place of wanting more. And so this week and next week, we will have our interview with Minna Brown. We'll go ahead and listen to the first half of the interview now and Then next week, you'll hear the rest of her insights, lots of different resources, and give you food for thought if you're in a place of considering coaching people in transition. So let's go to the first half of our interview with Minna Brown.
1: So welcome, Minna, to the show. Thanks for joining us.
2: I'm really excited. I'm glad to be on it with you.
1: I have just known Minna for several years now. We've known each other, huh? And have respected Minna. Minna and I were on the International Coach Federation North Texas Chapter board together and uh, worked. That was when ICF was bringing the, the big conference down to Fort Worth, and we were able to work through all of that fun together. So, um, and Minna's is just one of those coaches that you want to emulate, you want to learn from, and and I'd like to start, Minna, just exploring what brought you into the field of coaching. Tell us a little bit about your background and, and what led you to coaching.
2: I, uh, I'd be happy to thank you for inviting me to be on the show. And and Meg, I just got to say I'm really excited about your podcast. I just think this is really awesome. So thank you for letting me be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, it's, it's a little bit of a um, part A, part B, my career. Um, I started my career really in accounting and finance. I was a CPA and uh, I, I landed in that because I was one of those girls that was good in math. And so you know I decided, well, I don't wanna teach math, so what is there over in the business school? So I ended up with a, an accounting degree, started with Pricewaterhouse, got my MBA, worked up through the finance world. Um, and then I ended up moving out to Dallas when my parent company, Rider System, bought an aviation company here in Dallas. And through a series of promotions, became the chief financial officer of the company. Uh, I had been saying for quite a while, I really wanted to run a business. So there was about two or three years there where I had the, the honor and wonderful experience of being the senior VP and general manager of the aerospace division. We restructured the company in the early to mid 90s because, as you remember, the aviation industry was a mess and airlines were struggling and and aerospace manufacturers were struggling. Well, we sold off all of our repair business and focused on distribution. So I could have stayed on as the chief financial officer of a substantially smaller company. And this was in 1995-96. And I just thought, you know, I've kind of accomplished so much of what I would have wanted to accomplish in business. And I thought this is an opportunity right at the mid-career pivot to step back and really maybe for the first time in my career, make some decisions about what do I want to do with the the next phase, you know, another 20 years. And um, I took an, the advantage of having... Um, a comfortable severance when I left the company and that allowed me to really, really investigate what do I love and took some assessments. This was kind of before career coaching was really out there. So the person I worked with was a therapist. Uh, We did some, some assessments and, and the topic that kept coming up was teaching, speaking, speaking, uh, in the helping profession, et cetera, et cetera. I don't even think they had a label on the line back then that said coaching. Uh-huh. And I'm so sure you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's like, you know, it really wasn't that well-known and kind of, I don't even know if ICF had formulated at the time. But um, So I started looking at maybe I'd go teach college. I looked at getting my Ph.D., and I made a practical decision that uh, with I was a single parent with a ten year old and a thirteen year old, and getting going back to some kind of full time PhD program made no sense. So I started looking at the corollaries to what I love: teaching, training, caring for people, and how I might be able to use my business experience and my business expertise and and knowledge there, and. And really, coaching emerged from that. So I started my own business in 97 with with a blend of consulting, financial consulting, and kind of let the, the coaching morph into that. During that period of time, of course, I was getting training, and I had the unique privilege of being trained for several days with Thomas Leonard. wonderful Um, wonderful and that was like one of my early training experiences so it just confirmed over and over and over again that this is where I'm meant to be I feel deeply that it's my calling now and and I I really encourage my clients um to be intentional about making career choices that use everything you've got and brings joy back to you. And, and so I felt like at that mid career point, that was something that led me into coaching. Also, let me just add that because I did my own kind of career 180. That's why I'm so passionate about working with people and helping people make career transitions. And, and I've learned a lot, studied a lot, continue to try to keep my finger on the pulse. And I really want for us as coaches and as a, a profession to really be mindful and supportive of that huge obligation and, and opportunity for our clients in their professional lives. So that's kind of my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> Good for you. So you came up with your own way to get career
1: coaching before that was really the case. Right. And I know you do lots of different things in, in your practice. I know you're also a speaker and an author. Give us a little thumbnail sketch of, of Minna's business, what, what Minna does.
2: I, I, um, you're exactly right. I kind of have a lot of little fingers, but I'll tell you the common theme is the coaching theme. So um, I do executive, I'd say probably the majority of my work is in executive and professional coaching, kind of in the area of leadership development and, and uh, career development. But then that, that adjunct to the career development is career coaching. I do have a colleague who has been a, a partner with me in writing three different books. We're now updating uh, the first one to have a new edition. Her name is Paula Asenoff. And so she and I together have written three books. Two are specifically about uh, careers. And we just felt like there was a lot of need for people to have some good, straightforward, functional help in the career space. And then she and I, after we've worked together for so long, she really does more resumes and marketing. And she came from the recruiting world as well as business. But then we, really a a partnering together in doing a lot of career consulting and career coaching. So she might get a call for somebody who needs a resume and she'll ask them, well, what is exactly that you want to do? And they may not have a good answer for that. They may go, well, I don't know, or all I know is I don't want to do what I've been doing. And that's when she pulls the plug and says, well, you need to talk to a coach and let me give you her name. So I do a lot of career coaching. And then the other thing that I am more and more passionate about than, you know, it's been developing for over a decade now is training coaches. So I have a coach training school, which is Coach Academy International. And it's it's a very unique kind of a format. It's an eight-day intensive. So people kind of their eyes roll up, roll back and go, oh my God, eight days solid. So it's 62 and a half hours in eight days. But it's all in person and I love doing it. And then in addition to that, that Paula and I pulled from some of our materials is that next year we're hoping to, we've put together a program that's a career coaching training program, a career management uh, coach kind of a program. So we're looking at how we will roll that out. It might be in a webinar format or just a a workbook that we publish, but there is, there's a lot of things that, that I believe we can help our coaches to really embrace this additional dimension of coaching because it shows up all the time. It just shows up repeatedly.
1: And it's so much to do with all the kinds of transitions that we have in life and and career transition is huge. So what about
2: career coaching makes it unique? Now, the first thing I would say in my class and probably the first thing that's in the book is that career coaching is not pure coaching. You know, we, you and I both have studied the competencies and are certified by the International Coach Federation and I mean, devoted to those competencies. And in the coaching competencies, there are some, uh, I should probably write down one of these days, the the 10 rules or the, or whatever. So uh, the commandments, the 10 commandments of of coaching. Thou shalt not train, (laughs) not teach, not consult, not advise, not mentor. I mean, those things are not coaching. They are not coaching. Coaching is being in a world of not knowing. Coaching is is bringing the client to their discoveries without me judging or having an opinion about what's right or
1: holding wrong. Holding on
2: to any 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 agenda. Yes, yeah. right. no agenda. So that's coaching, and that's the coaching that we've learned and and we try to practice. Uh, in the career coaching, and I, I often say in both of my classes that coaching is one of the misunderstood words, most misunderstood words in the English language. Couldn't agree more. If somebody, you coach, you'll ten times you'll get ten interpretations. So you really kind of have to focus on outcomes and process. And in the career coaching, and I say coaching in the context of the way kind of the market hears it, is really a blend of. Definitely some teaching and some training and some advising, which is kind of the same as consulting. Those things are blended in to a coaching kind of format to allow the the partner with the client to really be effective in helping that client get to a goal. These transitions are often... Really destabilizing. They they people get nervous. They don't really know how to do it very well. I I can't tell you how many people in their 40s and 50s have come and talked to me and said I've never had to look for a job before. Mm-hmm. It, it's like, but I get that. Mm-hmm. And some people because I've never had a resume. I've never been asked for a resume. Uh, I've never had to go on an interview. So a lot of people kind of just um go with whatever they think. And yeah. the truth is, and I say this um in, in my classes, is the truth is I believe that 80% or more, this is a ism 80% of the success in an interview happens before you pick up the phone or walk in the door. It's your preparation. So as a coach, that's an example of something that as a coach, if I'm working with my client on a life transition, on a career transition or even a career plan, trying to be more intentional about their plan. My, my goal in the world of career coaching is to be able to provide a lot of coaching sprinkled in with a little bit of consulting, training and teaching and advising. People who are coming to you for career coaching
1: want your expertise. They they need your input on some of those things. And at the same time, you help them discover through inquiry and through staying curious about certain things. Can you give an example of that?
2: Yeah, that's, uh, and, and you, you said that very, very well. That's exactly, and, and I would say that, people who come really do want you to give them the answer. Yeah, you know, they really do want you to just, I've, I've had one lady a couple of weeks ago who said, you know, just just tell me what to do. Tell me what I should go do. Just tell me. And it's like, oh, but I'll just call her Sally. I can't tell you. I don't live in your life and world and I'm not you and I can't tell you. And so that's where that inquiry comes into play. Um, and it is kind of a blend. Um, one of the situations I had, um, fact a few days ago, uh, I'll just call the gentleman Jim and he was a very, he's a very senior. He's not dead. So he is not was, he's, he's a, a senior financial person. He's had his resume. Oh, it screams pedigree. I mean, wonderful brand names on his resume. Um, So you know that he's got all the goods in terms of getting the kind of job he's focused on and his focus is a good one. He also is extremely well networked. So he's been able to pick up the phone and he's had within the last year, I think he shared with me, he's had anywhere from eight to 10 different interviews for these high level positions, high level at the right level. I mean, that doesn't mean the screening and all the early interviews. I mean, the real, the rubber hits the road interviews. Mm -hmm. And he said, I'm coming to you because I've had all of these interviews now for months and months and months. And I'm not getting an offer. In fact, the most recent one that he went on, he thought he did really well and he was very proud. And he got the call before he was driving home in his car. He got the the call in his car before he got home that he was not going to get the job. Wow. So wake up call. So he said, look, I, I don't get it. I don't understand. So the process that we went through really was a coaching process. I mean, I couldn't sit there and say, this is what you're doing wrong. I wasn't a fly on the wall. And, right. <laughs> and he seemed to present his, himself well. He's very articulate, very nice looking man. Um, you know, he doesn't have green hair and, and purple skin. I mean, he, he looks like he present well. So uh, I said, well, let's go through some examples. So I had him just tell me his story. Uh, and I just asked questions just to get some clarity and to let him kind of recount well, what did you do and how did you say that and what kinds of questions did you ask? And and we went through several scenarios like that. And I said, well, I have a, I have a suggestion, Jim. I'd like for you to think about the person, or any of those people that you were interviewing with and ask yourself from their perspective, do you think that they, based on your interview, will want and enjoy working with you and he kind of looked at me and funny it's like hmm well i don't know and i said well here's another dimension of that at a very 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 senior level and this is part of the teaching right so Mm -hmm. at a very senior level um the the executives are going to take your competence for granted you, you didn't get to this level in this environment by being lazy or stupid or, or unqualified. So they're going to take that qualification for that. That's a given. It's a given. It, it's like the entry ticket. Mm-hmm. But what's going to make a difference for them? They want to, to talk with and engage with and eventually hire someone who they believe they can trust and someone who they believe they can enjoy working with. They've got candidates and you need to be somebody that they end up. I, I tell my uh, my clients, you want them to fall in love with you. It's a dating game. Mm-hmm. You want them to fall in love. And when they fall in love, they are not going to settle for second best. Right. So he said, well, you know, I think I was telling them all about me. And I thought that was really good. I did a really good job with that. And I said, well, what did you ask them? And he sat back in his chair and said, I didn't. And I said, well, I think part of what may have been missing was the relationship building that is necessary at that level. So anyway, kind of fast forward, he got up to leave. And I mean, literally, it was a turning point for him to realize that he can't go into this level of of interview and be all about him, all about him, just about him. It had to be, I, it has to be the kind of a partnership that somebody would say, yeah, I can see myself working in the boardroom with this guy. Mm-hmm. He stood up as he was leaving and he just looked at me and was grinning from ear to ear. And he said, I have got it. I have got it now. And, you know, and a couple hours for him to recognize, just to reflect on, he just mm-hmm. what was going on. How was that going on? I'm noticing that not a single word that came out of his mouth was something that made him curious about that company or that person or that environment. And I said, and that was maybe a question asked, what were you curious about? And he goes, well, not. So that was an example of where the coaching was far more important than the telling. There's a smidge of it in there. Because Mm -hmm. I I did say when at that level, you got to build a relationship, you got to build some trust. But then the rest of it was inquiry and curiosity and him contemplating what he was going to do differently. So I think I carried that on too long. But but no, it was wonderful. Wonderful in that it showed a really
1: good blend of teaching just a little bit giving a little bit of consulting, and using inquiry for him to have his aha moment.
2: Right, yeah. And so, for me as a coach, huh. just really love that, you know, it
1: just is great. Uh-huh, yeah, oh, isn't it exciting when a client turns around and
2: has a grin on their face and says, Eureka, I've got it. He just walked out, I mean, the difference between the way he walked in and the way he walked out, night and day. And yeah, for a coach, it's like that's our painter, right? That's exactly right.
1: So if somebody were to come to you, Minna, and say, I'm a coach, I've got my coach training, but I'd really like to specialize maybe in transitions or or specialize in career coaching, how do you help them understand the those extras that you've talked about that you need to be
2: able to offer as a career coach? Well, let me let me name a few of them because mm-hmm. I think with a little bit of of recognition, um, I'm a huge reader. I think I think reading on any of these topics, there's some wonderful books, and I might mention a couple. But understanding the pieces that that the career coach needs to kind of have in their hip pocket is part of the process. So I would start with visioning or intention or planning. You know, we do that on a macro and micro level in any engagement. What do you want to achieve? Yeah. What's the outcome we're looking for? Right? So just take that kind of mentality and that notion and move it out four or five years. What do you want to achieve in five years? Now, I, as a practical matter, never go really past five because the world's just changing so fast. I don't think any of us could just even rationally predict five years out. But I think you can kind of look out three to five years. This is what I... I want here are my values here's what's important to me here's what I want to do and I ask them questions like where do you want to be what do you want to be doing who do you want to be working with what kinds of products or services do you want to be engaged with so I think the coach can can take more initiative with helping the individual plan forward and then kind of reverse engineer and come back to well if that's the future What's, what do we have now? and How do we need to get from here to there? It's a simple application of business planning. Mm-hmm. So a lot of business coaches will recognize a strategic plan. It's the same kind of thing. So I think visioning is one. The next is, I think career, career coaches need to really understand the job search process. Mm-hmm. They need to understand what the steps are. Now, I have a, an attitude, I'll call it, that every employee, I don't care how young or old they are, need to develop strong, adaptive skills to change jobs, to, to be able to not be intimidated by a job search process. We know, based on, on current day research, mm-hmm. that younger people are expecting to change jobs, even companies, every three to five years. Well, how do you do that if you're terrified by the job search process? Exactly. So you need to develop those job search skills, which have a lot to do with focus. What do you start with? What is it you want to do? And, and then you move from focus to research, to networking, to interviewing, to getting a job. So what the- kinds of
1: resources do you recommend for your clients when they're trying to learn or or get comfortable with that process.
2: So in the job search process, I mean, you know, I don't want to be self, I don't know what the word is, self-aggrandizing. Paula and I wrote the book, our second book, we specifically wrote for this purpose because we just feel like people, not just coaches, but individuals, our clients just have some misunderstandings about the world of, of careers. And so the, the second book we wrote is called Be Smart. And the subtitle is Sail Past the Hazards of Conventional Career Advice. Awesome. Yeah. So you can get it on on, uh, Amazon. But we broke it into five chapters. So the first chapter, or the five sections, the first section is on visioning and career planning. Mm -hmm. The second one is on um, the marketing tools and marketing and how to talk about yourself, et cetera. The third is on networking and I could talk another 50 minutes on networking, so we probably don't need to go there. <laughs> and, and then the, the next is interviewing. And there's so much people don't really factor in in today's world of interviewing. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, it has changed from even five or 10 years ago. So really understanding and preparing for interviews of all kinds, like panel interviews, group interviews, Skype interviews, uh, four, five, six, seven, eight rounds of interviews. I mean, it's just a very different kind of world. Uh, And then the last chapter is on talking about money. What do you say about money? Money, because everybody's so uncomfortable talking about money.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what needs to happen in the midst of that conversation.
2: Most of us are working to get a paycheck, right? So So I think there's an art to understanding how to ask for what you want, not leave money on the table, and negotiate a deal that you're happy with, and it starts from the very first phone call when they start to ask you about money in the screening interview. So having all of these things, I think one, that would be one thing. It's just that our book is, is kind of, well. and and your
1: book sounds like it's not only a resource for a client, but a coach who would like to do this. It would be a fabulous resource for them and to maybe even use with their clients.
2: Yes, absolutely. Be smart, be smart, be smart. And we've included in the book, and and it is really nicely used by a coach because we've included templates and sample scripts and the job search processes laid out in detail and how to do some of these things. So, yeah, it's a nice little, very digestible little thing. Thank you to Minna Brown for her wonderful
0: interview for offering so much wisdom and insight into successful transition or career coaching. Now, you're not going to want to miss the second half of her show where she shares even more resources. She actually shares a resource on how to create a successful introduction. And I know that that can be a challenge for coaches. How do I get out there and introduce myself in a way that people are drawn to what I have to say? How do I write a great bio? Those are just tidbits of things that she's going to talk about in next week's show. If you'd like to know more about Minna, her programs, her books, or about our show, be sure to visit starcoachshow.com. You'll also want to be sure to get into the free book giveaway. Minna has given a couple of her books for the book giveaway and once you hear about them in more detail next week, you're going to want to be sure that you're in the book giveaway. So go to StarCoachShow.com. In the contact page, put in your name, your email and giveaway and you will be in the ongoing book giveaway. If you are finding value in the show, if you enjoy listening and it's giving you what you need. I would so appreciate a rating and review on iTunes. So once again, thank you for joining us. This is your host, Meg Rentschler, wishing you the very best for your coaching success. We'll see you next week.